Hi, I'm Garrett Hill, and you're listening to Life Students Podcast. Here we develop young leaders and guide them to their purpose. Life Students Podcast was formed out of a need for connection in a world saturated with negative content. It is our goal to create a safe place for young people to both have fun and hear the voice of God. Whether you are a member of Life Students or you just found this podcast, we hope that this encourages and empowers you to move forward with your walk with God. Hi, you're listening to episode two, and today I have with me Cody Russell, and uh, we are going to talk to him about uh, him as a young person, uh, how he got into church, what made him start coming to church, and what's kept him through the years. So why don't you go ahead and say hi, Cody? Hi, Cody. I knew you were going to do something like that, (laughs) but okay. Hello, Uh, (laughs) everybody. I'm Cody. Anyways, Cody is the uh, sectional director over... No, he's promotions director. I am sorry to derank you. I feel the love here. Yeah, I'm sorry to derank you already. Um, So you're the promotionals director, right? Right. Over North Texas District? The one and only. The one and only North Texas District. North Texas. Uh, Sadly, he is not a part of Texas District. Uh, He is a part of North Texas District. Um, it's, It's north of Texas. It is north of Texas, but it's not better because it is higher. Um, <laughs> First is better than second. Right, which is Texas District. So, um, anyways, we are going to uh, ask him a few questions. He's going to talk about uh, talk about him. He can get into as deep of detail as he wants or not. So, Cody, you, you've been in church all your life, right? No. No. I didn't start uh, going to church until uh, right before my 19th birthday. How did you come, aco- how did you come across an apostolic church? Well... Uh, about the latter part of my senior year of high school, a group of friends of mine and I decided to actually start trying to get right with God. Uh, I was raised Baptist my whole life, and uh, but I was looking for something deeper. And we wound up at this non-denominational church. Um, that's where I first got introduced to the infilling of the Holy Ghost and and, and things of that nature. Even though they were not apostolic, um, they they believed in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, but not so much as a necessity, but as a gift. Oh, and okay. So I uh, I was studying, and I was still uh, a babe and all walk with Christ. And uh, I was supposed to go on a date with this girl. <laughs> and uh, when my best friend at the time was invited to a revival in Center, uh, Center, Texas, not Center. Center, he got it right. And uh, No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we were, uh, I was supposed to go on this date with this girl. Uh, and while my friends were going to this revival, and uh, her mom and dad came in and surprised her. And so she had to cancel the date and which I was I was fine with and so I went to call my buddy and tell him I was going to go with him to the revival and uh, he was pulling in my driveway even though we already talked earlier that day and I said I wasn't going to go and when he got there he was I was like bro what, what are you doing here I told you I wasn't coming because I don't even know why I'm here but I forgot I was like, well, it's good. I can actually, I can go with you. I'll just jump in right now. He's like, well, we got to go now. And uh, so I jump in the truck. I'm in my shorts, my tall tee, uh, my piece and chain, and my big old uh, studs, uh, diamond studded earrings in my ear. So you you had what you would call swag. I was gangsta. Gangsta. Okay. I, w- I was straight up G. Okay. Um, and I had my Air Forces on. Did Jesus ever give you your swag back? Uh, no. No. Louisiana took that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> man, that was a while back when that happened. But <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I jumped in the truck. We went to the service and we pull into this church parking lot. 
and I see it's a Pentecostal church. I didn't know it was a Pentecostal church before we were, <laughs> before I said yes to this revival. So you you basically got conned in the going. Yes, and oh, I'm sitting here in shorts, piece and chain, diamond studded earrings, my tall tee, uh, and my uh, Air Forces, and we're pulling in Pentecost church, and I only knew what a little bit about it, but Pentecostals and our apostolics, and I was like, I am not going in that building. <laughs> And they're like, well, you have to. I'm like, no, I'll sit in this truck. He's like, well, I ain't leaving it running. I ain't got the gas money for it. I'm like, it's the middle of summer. It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's the middle of summer. So they really just got you punked into going. I had no choice. I had to walk in or I was going to suffocate. And uh, they come out and I'd be dead in the truck because I don't do well with the heat. And so I'll walk into the building and I'm trying to hide as much as I can because I feel so underdressed. Everybody's in these suits looking sharp and I am the out and finally i just said you know what i'm gonna own it walk in and everybody was really nice they introduced themselves they uh they were very welcoming and i which was totally opposite of what i was expecting i was expecting very judgmental very right. oh yeah you can't walk in here you need to leave right and, th- and that's like the most common misconception of of the church <laughs> is that they're going to be judgmental of who you are and who you were but really and truly most most churches that I've been to we are they've they've always been super accepting super nice to people so that's that's really awesome that they're they're like that to you yeah as as a uh... Mankind as humans, we think we have to get the outside right first, right? And, that, and that's the, the biggest. Inside. That's like the biggest issue is that we think that we have to be right to go to church, but in reality, we go to church to get right. Exactly. You don't go to the doctor after your bones healed, right? Exactly. You go. You go, to you go get when it it's fixed. broken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got you got the bones sticking out of the skin. You don't wait. You don't say, "Okay, I'm gonna wait till this heals up." And then I'm going to go to the doctor. Yeah. No, you go straight to the emergency room. Because what's going to happen is right if you go there and wait till it heals up, it's not going to heal right because right. you did it, not a professional. That's right. Uh, and then they're going to have to re-break it to form it right. And that's the same when it comes to God. If you try that's to get a lot right more before, work for him. Yeah. if you try to get right before you go to church, you're going to have to be re-broken and mm-hmm. it's going to be more painful and, the, and God's going to have to do it. He's the professional, not us. Right. And so, uh, so what was that first service like? Like the experience? Like from the like you like you said when you walked in you were greeted really nicely. What was your experience from the beginning to the end? Like, did you say I want to come back to this, or is this kind of like a eh? So I went in there very judgmental, right? Of course, um, and I didn't know if they play with snakes, so that was another <laughs> that. I mean, snakes do not get along at all. And so I was ready to bolt. I sat on the edge of my seat at the armrest side, ready to leave. Right. uh, I had all these expectations and that's uh, I had my preconceived ideas and the service started going. And the minute before service started, everybody started. They wanted they pray for the service. And I'm used to when you pray, you bow and you let the preacher do all the words. Everybody started praying. And I'm like, okay. and so, but but you felt this presence uh, that was just overwhelming. And right. the service started going and people started worshiping. And I'm like, okay, I can get behind this. This is different. I'm used to just standing there. But my experience with the non-denominational church, we did see some more more um, physical representation of worship and not just right. uh, inward, but outward expression. And so I was a little more accustomed to that. But again, I had heard people talk in tongues, but I understood it as a gift and not a necessity. And and when multiple people started talking in tongues, I was like, okay, it kind of, it, it scared me a little bit 
because my very first ever uh, encounter with somebody speaking in tongues was not a good one. It was not a a, a God given thing. It was more of uh, where I told you a story of my first encounter with yeah. somebody who is possessed and how uh, the enemy tries to mimic what God does. Right. And it was very demonic. And so when I first experienced this um, and heard people talking, I, I was it caught me off guard. But there was a peace because it was from God. It wasn't right. Yeah. It wasn't from the enemy trying to mimic God. It was from uh, God infilling and indwelling in His people. <laughs> so there's this peace and this power that just swept through the place. And John Russell, uh, probably one of my favorite preachers. Um, you related to him? Uh, kind of. You know, he's six six and black, and I'm five nine and black. Yeah. So, okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm on radio, so I can do this. Garrett didn't want to film me because he said I had a face for radio, but uh, we uh, he he preached on wells of living water. And it was a message on uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost. And I, I was, I read about it in the Bible. I read the book of Acts and I was curious about it. I was interested in it. And I was seeking, um, but it was, again, an understanding to my, in my mind as a, as a uh, gift of the spirit and not a, a, a sign of salvation. But I was filled with the Holy Ghost that night in the altar. And I knew I was supposed to. That was that, that was that first service? That first service at the Pentecost church. Oh, wow. I knew I was supposed to go to that church and, but I refused. I did not want to be Pentecostal Yeah, uh, because again, preconceived ideas. Exactly. And uh, it wasn't, it took about six months and uh, I started going back to that church again. So wait, um, so what was your uh, turning point whenever you decided it's all or nothing living for God? What, What was your turning point? After that service. Uh, that was in the summer uh, after I graduated high school and uh, I started going to college and I backslid from what I did now. I went back to um, I, I went back to things that were not uh, I knew they were wrong, uh, but I was very weak and um, in an environment where it wasn't con, con, uh, it wasn't popular to live for God. Right. Uh, you're freshman in college. You're living on your own. You're sharing a dorm. Well, we're sharing a dorm with four other guys, and you know you start if you if you are either you're going to be impressed, somebody's going to influence you, or you're going to influence somebody. Right. And I was not an influencer. Or I was an influencee, and so I backslid from what I knew. And I remember praying one night uh, that uh, God provide a way of escape, that I'm tired of feeling guilty for what I was doing because I knew it was wrong, but I wasn't strong enough in myself to stop. And as I prayed that prayer and I walked back inside my dorm, I received a text and that was my first text from Mallory, which who is now my wife. Um, and just it was just a random hey, totally weird. We we met that one time in the summer when I was there for the revival. Um, hadn't talked to her ever, and so we just started texting. I was like, this girl cute. So yeah. <laughs> uh, at the time, I didn't realize what God was doing, but God was throwing out a lifeline, and uh, she started inviting me to a revi- to revivals, and <laughs> that's when uh, I got introduced to Bobby Wade. He was preaching oh, man. revivals. <laughs> <laughs> at our at the church and center and uh, I was living in Marshall, Texas, which is about an hour away. And uh, when I first went to that service, I lived an hour away. But on the south side, I was living in Pineland. And so now I'd moved an hour on the north side uh, in Marshall going to school. And But she was cute, and she's cute enough to keep going to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started going to services there. And my first service there, uh, uh, Brother Wade was sitting there talking uh, to some of the guys at the church. And I walked in, and I knew one of the guys pretty well. We'd talked before, and he was one of the first persons people I met at the church and we talked and uh, Brother Wade shook, took his hand out to shake it and uh, I just I shook it I wasn't being I was not trying to be rude but I was, <laughs> I was very rude I was like trying try to brush this guy off I'm like I'm trying to talk to Stephen now why, why are you coming up here I didn't know who it was but that's my thought process and, uh, then he wound up being the preacher and I was like oh snap 
<laughs> Man. Uh, I, uh, I was like, great. I was very rude to the guy who's going to be preaching and who has the microphone and can call me out. And um, he gets up there and starts preaching. And he, he wound up calling me out, but not because of that, because God started speaking to him. And uh, he came to me and said, he, he put the mic down and said, son. And when Brother Wade looks at you and he peers at you through his glasses, it's like, yeah, you see the depths of my soul. He knows what you ate for breakfast that day. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here going, and I, I, I had this, like this fear because I'd never experienced this, but he didn't do it to embarrass me. He didn't do it to cause fear. He was speaking a word that God gave him for me. And uh, he said, son, he goes, God's got a call in your life. He said, he needs you to get serious about this. And he starts calling. He said, the cigarette set in the center console of your truck. I'm like, son, how do you know what? You've been, you been snooping around my well, truck. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see you when I drove in, and I made sure I didn't smoke a cigarette in my truck till like two hours, like before the service, because I didn't want to smell like cigarette smoke. I didn't want anybody to see because I knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was weak, and uh, he said you need to get rid of those. I'm like, hey, how do you know they're there? And uh, but I didn't say that at the time, but that's the thought process. Yeah, yeah. And, But he started prophesying on uh, uh, that God had a plan and a, a purpose for me, not just to be living and going through life and doing doing what I was doing and I uh I got a refill with the Holy Ghost at the altar that was six months later after my first time being filled with the Holy Ghost and uh so I kept going to the services every Tuesday I drive from Marshall an hour every Tuesday night every Wednesday night um every Thursday night and then there every Sunday and uh started going to church and that's got, from that moment it was a struggle um because I again I was weak but I was I was building strength and right. I was having to break habits I couldn't go into certain places that I used to go in to because of uh, what I would do there. Like at my grandma's house, I'd always smoke in the garage. So I had to walk around the garage to the front door in inconvenience. But every time I'd walk in the garage door, the first thing I'd do is live cigarette. So it was habits I had to break. And, uh, and I, it was at that, but it was at that moment when he spoke to my life, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I was like, I got to make a change. Right. I can't live this way because I was empty. I was broken. I was uh, hungry for more. Yeah. And so that was the point in which I was like, okay, I got to get serious about this. I got to take a stand. I got to take it now. Yeah. And I wound up dropping out. You yourself. Yeah, I wound up dropping out of college. <laughs> oh, wow. Because I knew my environment I was in, and I knew... My, it wasn't conducive to you living living yeah, for God. Yeah, I knew I wasn't yeah. strong enough to say no. And so I dropped out. Yeah, sometimes moved. we got to make those sacrifices where we, we have to cut certain things out of our life because not that that's a bad thing, but the people that are there, the atmosphere that you're in, it's hard for you and that time to be able to have that, to, to be able to say no to it like, yes. like, like that. I mean, you... Like I said, you can either be an influencer or an influency. Right. And at that point, I was an influency. Uh, I needed to, even though college itself is not bad. I believe in college. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm Definitely. in school now. Yeah. Uh, even so many years later, but it's at the time I wasn't strong enough to, uh, in my walk with God, to be in that environment and live for God. I had to make a choice. I had to choose between God or, or money. You know, right. I, mean, I can serve two masters. Exactly. <laughs> and so I, I made the best choice. So um, what is what has kept you from the time you started coming to church to now fear uh that's that sounds bad a fear of god a respect for god not right that i'm afraid well i mean we're supposed to have a fear of god exactly it's you a, i mean it kind of talks about it it's not it's not like i'm afraid but of you but i'm afraid of you like a respect like right um i'm an ant you have a magnifying glass exactly <laughs> you see everything Please and you can also turn that magnifying me. glass <laughs> to fry <laughs> Uh, but no, it's when you experience a life without God and you have, you experience a life with God, 
it uh it's night and day yeah it's you don't want to go back the as much as the enemy tries to pull you back when you truly have an experience with god it will keep you but that one experience alone won't you have to have multiple experiences right you can't you gotta be keep one and done. seeking god and you gotta keep growing growing with god you gotta decrease so he can increase and so uh, but knowing the emptiness and the hopelessness i felt before i didn't want to go back to it and it's, it was not it's not always been easy there's right. times where you, uh when I, when I first started i was struggle uh i had to stop hanging out with certain friends and that was i tell my best friend at the, at the time that i can't hang out with you right because while we may you may be living for god now three weeks from now you may want to light up and smoke again exactly. i don't want to weren't they weren't they weren't as stable as you were wanting to be exactly and um you're you are who your friends are right not to say you shouldn't have friends outside of the church but those shouldn't be your main friendships but the the friends that you have they become a part of your life yes they influence you whether you like it or not because simply because you're friends with them you are who your friends are exactly and if more of your friends are non-apostolics and you can find more into your friends that are non-apostolic and they you're taking advice from your friends who are non-apostolic or they can be apostolic but they don't listen to their pastor right they don't listen to their youth pastor they don't listen to their parents and they have a rebellious spirit whoever you hang around is who you become right exactly you need to have friends that challenge you to be better yeah to do better ones that you can call and say you messed up they call you out on it but they do it with love they don't exactly do it as, i'm better than you they know that you can do better they they're, they're going to lift you up and, and bring you to a an elevated uh point and um, I had to separate from those friends. I had to get away from those environments. And and when I did, and I started surrounding myself with like-minded people, I uh, I started getting stronger. Right. And and as I got stronger uh, in my walk with God, and as I spent more time with God, it just it would pull me closer. And so when anybody would try to sneak in and say, hey, you had so much fun doing these things and you start to think about it. And if you dwell on it too much, you're like, yeah, it was fun. But what the enemy is doing, he's painting a facade. He's painting this picture of how great everything is. Right. But he wasn't showing you the emptiness, the loneliness. The next morning when you wake up and you realize, oh man, I regret everything I did. Exactly. Or I don't remember what I did. I hope I wasn't embarrassing. I've never met, sorry to interrupt you, but I've never met somebody that was like, yeah, my what I did in the past, I felt great about that. No, you, everybody regrets their past, man. Yes. Everybody does. And um, you want to go back to that mess? Exactly. But it's again, when I'm selling you a junker of a car, I'm going to put a fresh coat of paint of it on it. Exactly. I'm going to put the best air fresheners in there and you're going to look at it and you're like, oh, this is the nicest car I've ever seen. It's a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And you have a Prius motor in it. Yeah. It looks like a Ferrari. And then you drive that thing down the Road, and and it once put, it gets to your house, it just crashes, yep. man. Yeah, you sitting there, it looks like a Ferrari, smells like a Ferrari, but drives like a Prius. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and then you're sitting there and you're, it, it breaks down and you're having to huff it. And it's like, oh, snap, why did I just spend all my money? Why did I just all this? And, and that's that's what our time is. Time is uh, you get paid a, a salary. Right. You get paid a wage. That's a representation of your time. Your time's worth a certain amount of money. And so uh, the same thing is your time with God is an investment you make for your future. Right. And you invest all that time, all those hours praying, worshiping, reading the Bible, fasting, um, going to church going to revivals and then you you're going to cash it all in for something that looked great but it's going to crash later yeah and, and it's going to cause nothing but regret and, uh, when you when you have
have that mindset and you say, you know what, what I have now is greater than what I've ever had before, it will keep you. Right. And when you're when you feel those temptations come along, don't confide in your friends that are living in that lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Confide in your pastor, your youth pastor, somebody who's going to say, hey, let's pray. Hey, let's fast. Hey, let's let's do a Bible study together. Somebody that's going to lift you up. Some somebody that that would keep you accountable. Exactly. On on that note, who was most helpful with helping you overcome your past? The great, wonderful Prince of Praise, Bishop of Men, Evangelist of Evangelists, the Prophet for the Prophets, Winston Taylor Fish. Winston Taylor Fish. How did I know you were going to say that? Because <laughs> you're building them up so much. He's, you know, I've heard some people call him the Messiah. <laughs> and he's going to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh man yeah, I, he, I mean he is the one true apostle of 2020 exactly you I know mean, in this time in this era he is the apostle fish. he is he is the apostle i've actually heard people you know um that are like just confirming that he is you know one of the main dudes man he prayed a squirrel through the holy ghost i mean oh my goodness yes he did he did do that oh my goodness he just he just reached over and flapped that squirrel and it started talking in tongues and <laughs> <laughs> but no, he uh Taylor is Taylor's one of a kind. There is when he was growing up, he was dumb and he'll tell you he was dumb, but he had a heart for souls and even um even while he was being dumb, he was still trying to reach people. He's trying to reach souls and we met very early in my walk with Christ and uh uh he was trying to hit on Mallory and I had to set him straight and uh, ever since then we've been best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's like, uh, Cody's like, stay away from my woman. And he, and, and he was very respectful. And so I was like, all right, this is the kind of guy that I want to be around. Right. And so I would drive from Marshall, Texas. Every I get out of class on Thursday. I would drive down Thursday evening, four hours from Marshall to Silsby. Well, actually, he was living in Lumberton at the time. So I would drive four hours every Thursday to go hang out with uh uh, hang out in the fishbowl and um we were just a bunch of guppies then and uh, we'd go to every revival um mainly at the time we we're trying to help taylor find a a, a girlfriend All right. <laughs> but we were going to the revivals too for church and we um we'd go to we went to uh a soul winners boot camp together we quit he, he oh, yeah, quizzed I, me i remember the soul winners boot camp you I got the holy ghost every <laughs> night <laughs> Dude, I, I was like praying and stuff like you know i was just praying and I, I was getting in touch with the lord each service i was there and me and taylor were like ah another one oh another my goodness one. i got i literally got counted three times i got counted three times to get the holy ghost oh it's so great like, and then like this dude comes up and prays with me like super honest and stuff like you know pr- praying with a brother and everything and he comes up and he's like all you gotta do is repent i'm like i, I was like I'm just going to keep on praying like normal. And uh, I was like, I was like, I, was, I started talking in tongues and he's like, he's talking in tongues. He's talking That's in tongues. One. That's another, another one. one right there. And like, <laughs> count it. Count oh it. my gosh. And they started counting me. They counted me three times. <laughs> it was oh so my goodness. Fun. But anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, and Taylor and I would stay up till two, three o'clock in the morning and we would, he would, we would quiz each other on oneness and we'd ask each other just dumb questions. Um, but it was what it was. It was building us. It was um, it was strengthening my uh, your your foundation. My doctrine. Yeah, yeah, and your foundation and the doctrine. And so when we 
I didn't realize it as much at the time. And we, which we were also being really dumb. We'd call Mallory and we'd call all these different people at one or two o'clock in the morning and say, we're Trinitarian. When is the God right now? And we would argue and just, but it was, uh, we, we were, we're building a foundation. And, um, I didn't realize at the time, but when people start having questions, I can answer them. I'm like, oh, right. it's interesting. And so, uh, um, the whole time you thought you were just having fun, but you were actually Oh, learning yeah. the word of God and being able to memorize the scriptures and give it to someone else whenever exactly. they need it. Exactly. And then, um, and then I would just take lessons that Taylor got in trouble a lot, a lot. And I would sit there and uh, I'd hear him get in trouble. And I was probably the cause of some of his trouble. Like when he was late to a church work day and Pastor Ben, he, uh, Pastor Ben has a way when you're in trouble with him, you feel like less than an aunt. He, and he's doing it out of love, but it's like, <laughs> Oh Lord, help me, please. <laughs> I feel like I just got in trouble with God. <laughs> and uh, he just talked to you and he just give you this look and that look just eats you. And you're like, oh. he waits till you say something. Yes. And then once you he, do, you lost. Yeah, you already lost. Yeah. And so, and of course it's Taylor and Taylor cannot not say the first word. And so we pull up to the church and he gives us this look because we're late, like two hours late to the church work day. I was supposed to go to work in three hours <laughs> back in Pineland, which is two hours away. I just pick up a wire brush and I start brushing the metal, trying to get rust off uh, a deal. Uh, didn't rush straight to work. Just <laughs> yeah, don't I, talk I, to me, Pastor. I'm, I was supposed I'm, to I'm drop him off and leave. And I went straight and picked up something. I don't like I don't even go to church there, but I'm I'm going to help. I'm going to make up lost time and. <laughs> Taylor's just getting just and, and Taylor always tries to talk himself out of being in trouble, but it don't work. Oh, that just makes it worse, man. Oh yeah. You just take the beating and leave. But, but what would happen is is when uh Pastor Ben and Bishop and and uh Nathaniel would uh they, they would teach him at, they would use these moments as teachable moments as well. I would just sit there and I listen. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not in trouble right now. But what they're what the wisdom they're sharing is very profitable. It's very oh, yeah, it's very much needed. And I needed it. Uh it kept me because Taylor kept getting in trouble, it kept me from getting in trouble on my own <laughs> yeah learn from other people's mistakes yeah, not yeah, your own yeah. even and though again, again even if you, have you friends. caused it <laughs> you, you still listen to them getting in trouble and you uh, take take your grain of salt from it. but it, we uh and it and taylor's still one of the my friends that i just if i'm having a hard time if i just i need prayer or uh or just i need a laugh we call each other and we just start talking and it don't take us long and we we, we say like two words and we just start cutting up and then when uh it's like hey man i need you to pray boom it's praying right then right and uh it's it's again that's why it's important to have friends that build you up uh that can help strengthen your walk with god and not hinder it right and so how does your past help you today so having the past that i have and the background that i came from i regret it but at the same time it's i've learned from it um and it allows me to connect with people that go through the same thing or have gone are going through the same uh things um but my past uh today is like i said it's just it's a reminder of what i don't want to go back to right it's a reminder of where i came from what god delivered me from um and it's i went into details on everything i experienced it would uh most people don't believe it um but it's just it, it's it, it was rough, but it's a reminder of how much, how far God's mercy will reach. Oh, yeah. And how far his love will break through barriers and break through past hurts and mistakes and regrets. And he'll reach to the uttermost depths to try to pull you right to closer and, to him. And God doesn't mind getting dirty. He'll get no. he'll get down in the mud with you and let you know that there's a purpose for you. There's not yeah. a, there's a reason that you're here. There's a reason that you went through that. But 
there's also a purpose for you. Yep. So let's go. He'll get down there and reach down and grab you. In the exactly. Dirt. Exactly. It's uh, his. Um, I, I don't believe any the the things people face are by accident. A lot of a lot of the bad is because of their own stupidity. Right. Um. Uh, because we we're hard headed and we don't listen like we should. Because <laughs> um, if we listened, it wouldn't be so bad. But God can use those situations, those things, those mistakes as avenues to reach people later. There's things, and, and Matthew Tuttle preaches a, a, a really good message about it. And can God use you? Can God use your hurts, your regrets, uh, the things that you don't understand why it happened? Can he use that to reach somebody else who doesn't know him? And so you, we go through things throughout life, good and bad, um, and things that we don't understand. Uh, but God can use those things. Right. To reach somebody, to minister to somebody else who's going through that, to minister to somebody who is experiencing the same pains, the same hurts, the same regrets, uh, though we don't understand it at the time uh, because it's our regrets and it's our pains and it's our hurts that we feel right then. Right. But God feels it, too. And he's there. And he <laughs> if as long as we keep our trust and our and our hope in him, um, we're able to connect with people who are going through that that may never may never come to church uh, until they have to face something like what you faced. Right. And then that's when you can step in. I know it's rough now, but there's a hope for a brighter future. Right. And it's, and it's not the end. You, you know, God get, God puts us through those situations, through those problems so that we can reach for other people. Cause like Cody's been through things that I've never been through, but I've been through things that I'm sure Cody's probably never been through. I never broke a hip. He's never broken a hip. I have broken a hip. I can help broken hip people. <laughs> most, most of the time that's elders. It's a hit ministry. <laughs> it's it's my hip ministry, you know, because I'm I am hip. <laughs> but no, so I can help people in a way that Cody couldn't, but Cody can help people in a way that only he could because he went through those things that they went through. So he can, he knows their situation and he knows exactly where they are and he can help them through that situation. And that's important because God will put you, even though you've made that mistake, he will put you in a position to help somebody else that is in that mistake currently. And you'll be able to help them get through that mistake. Yes. One one thing I'd also add is um, never try to be somebody you're not, uh, because all my life when I first or I say all my life when I got in church I wanted to preach like Bishop. Um, I wanted to have uh, a testimony like somebody else that oh they got a really good testimony and but it wasn't me it wasn't right. who I was. Uh, I don't have an epic preacher voice. I don't have the run the ability to do runs um, or sing or carry a tune in a bucket at all. Um, but God called me to be me. He didn't call me to. To be Garrett Hill. He didn't call Garrett to be uh, Nathaniel White and so forth and so on. He called you to be you. Right. Because it's through you that he's going to reach somebody else. Um, my wife always complains that she doesn't feel like she has a really powerful testimony. And I think she has a very powerful testimony. Definitely. That she was able to live for God throughout school. Exactly. Um, that That's she, a powerful testimony. She didn't turn to the devices that I turned to. See, a testimony is not made up of just the bad things that you went through. A testimony could be, I didn't have to go through that. Or I didn't. I, even though I was in that environment, I was able to stand strong. Exactly. You know, a testimony, that that kind of testimony just shows your sheer strength, shows what you can withstand, what you can withhold. And, and a testimony, the other side of testimony, I'm not saying that they're weak, but they they God put them through a different trial. God put he them can show what you can situation. overcome. It's just different. He, he, your testimony can either show what you can, what you withstood, yeah, or what you overcame, yeah. Uh, a, a testimony is 
God's ability through to do things through you. Right. Exactly. And in the end, just be you, boo. Just be you, boo. <laughs> be you, boo. All right. So this is the final question. If you could write a letter to your 12-year-old self, what would you say? At 12, I was pretty dumb. Because I figured, I figured 12 would be like a good age for like a young person. I would tell myself, don't be dumb. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, if I wrote a letter to myself now... I would love to be able to go back and change my past. But again, I don't know if that I, I would be who I am today if I did, if my past was changed, um, because I, I'm very hard headed and I had to go through things for God to get my attention. And so I tell myself that, though, uh, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to have regrets, keep your head up, that you'll get through it. God will provide a way and you're going to wind up experiencing something that you never thought you would and uh, have a life that you never thought possible. Right. But you're going to have some hardships as well. Right. And that you just need to yeah, keep your eyes fixed towards Jesus because that's where we're trying to get to in the end. So uh, I said that was going to be the last question, but I'm going to have a, I got a bonus round. Um, and this is actually for you, the listener, uh, if you've made it through the podcast, if you listen to um, this whole time. Cody, what would you tell the listeners right now if they were facing uh, what they would call the trial of their life, if they're facing hurt, if they're facing heartache, if they were facing an impossible situation, what would you tell them right now? It's tough. I, I may not understand where you're at. I may not understand what you're going through, but I know this, that if I put my hope, my trust and love in G, to, towards Jesus, that I can get through it. The Bible tells us that nothing is impossible, that despite what I'm going through, despite the hurt, despite the pain, despite um, whatever it is you're facing, you can get through this. Right. You can make it through this. Um, God's greater than your depression. God's greater than your anxiety. God's greater than death. Right. You will be able to make it through it, um, though you may not forget it. God can lead you through it. Right. The, the Bible tells us that, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley as a shadow and death, thou art with me. And we often can uh, refer to positive things as being on the mountaintop. We like to go to the mountaintops. We like to have those really good experiences where everything's going perfect. Right. <laughs> But if you look at the top of a mountain, there's no growth. It's a bunch of snow. It's a bunch of fluff. It looks pretty. Uh, the view's great. The victory's great. But for there to be growth, you have to start going down the mountain again. And you start to see growth. You start to see vegetation. And it's the same with our spiritual. Everything in the spiritual mimics the physical. Uh, when you go down a mountain and you start to get into that valley, though it's tough, there's going to be growth. And then you'll eventually experience another mountaintop again. Right. But in that valley, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. God's greater than your problem. My dog proves this uh, theory for me. I had a bag of chips. And uh, when I eat a bag of chips, he knows he's getting chips too. And I always put it on my knee and he reaches up, grabs it, turns around and eats uh, with his back towards me. So I tested this theory and I put a chip down and he grabbed it, turned around immediately when he turned around and grabbed it, uh, grabbed it and turned around. I put another chip on my knee. But the whole time he kept his eyes fixed on the bag and never saw the chip that was on my knee. Right. And it's about perspectives. His perspective was on the bag. The bag, if, you, if the bag is your problem and your perspective is only focused on the bag, God's going to be the small chip piece on your knee that you're not seeing that's there ready for you to, uh, to enjoy. And so... If your perspective is just on that chip bag, you're never going to experience the, the blessing. But you can also reverse that. If you view God like as a chip bag and your problem is a chip, you know there's a greater blessing in the chip bag because there's more chips. And you're not going to see your problem to, over here to the other side because your eyes are fixed towards uh, the greater blessing. Right. So keep your perspective. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. It was when Peter took his eyes off Jesus that he sank. If we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we can walk 
through the valley of shadow and death. And we can fear no evil because God's with us. And that's that's one of the most important things because you might be in the valley, the valley of the shadow of death, but a lot of times we're fearful. A lot of times we fear that we fear what's around us. We fear what's going on. But the whole time God is leading us and he's guiding us. We just have to look for his footsteps. We have to look for his hand. We have to look at where he's pointing and we have to pray that, you know, this is one thing that I, I tell my I tell my young people, life students, I tell them, pray that God would point your feet in the direction where you should go. Point your hands in the direction where you should reach because God created a front and a back for us. He created us He created us to move forwards. It's harder to, to walk backwards than it is to move forwards. So if we tell God to point us in the direction where we need to go, all we got to do is go. All we got to do is move forward. All we got to do is continue on. And so just to recap, your past, it's it's sometimes it's not it's not very fun, you know, and there's there's been mistakes, there's things like that, but God uses your past to help others. And find a reason, find a purpose to move forward, find a reason to to go deeper in God and have somebody there as an accountability partner. Yeah, there'll be times where life knocks you down and you've made mistakes. Right. Don't be afraid to get back up. Don't be afraid to to fight. Though you may have messed up, God's still greater than our mistake. Right. He still loves us. Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that he loved us that much, that he even in our greatest mistake and our lowest point, God was still reaching. He's still reaching for you today. Right. Okay. So this is all we have for today uh, for podcast episode two. It was such an awesome time to have Cody Russell in here with us um, to be able to do this podcast and interview with, for, for you guys. Uh, make sure that you share, comment uh, on our Facebook post, go like our Facebook um, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.